0: You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft, She's testified many times in Congress and the California legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org privacypiracy Hey, Mari, what's our show about today?
1: Well, Lloyd, today our show is about something very, very important. It's about freedom of the press and about journalism and about all the freedoms that we have. If we don't have freedom of the press, we are in a lot of trouble. And uh, so I want to tell you that I have just been starting to read Murdering the Message, How Real Journalists Cope with Fake News by Carl Suckman. And he's going to be joining us this morning. Let me tell you a little bit about him Carl Suckman parlayed his love of sports into a journalism career that spans five decades. He has worked on local TV stations, radio, network sports, network news, and with the Federal Emergency Management Agency. His first brush with major news came at the tender age of only 20, where he was reporting on reaction to Richard Nixon's resignation from the presidency. In addition, he's played a major role in how networks cover NFL training camps. He's helped with the coverage of many NFL television innovations and was the lead federal spokesman with the Columbia Shuttle Disaster. He's won numerous awards, including a national um, Emmy, and he is coming to us from Dallas. And there's so much more I could tell you about him, but we linked to his website, at privacypiracy.org, and also you can go directly to his website at murderingthemessage.com. Carl, thank you so much for joining us this morning.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, first of all, why did you write this book, Murdering the Message?
0: I think that if you would have your parents or your, your, your better half take their job take their profession profession and have people say that their profession is the biggest enemy to the country uh. you would understand whether whether your, your your father was a plumber or a carpenter or a policeman and to have someone say that their profession was the biggest enemy for this country I think you would understand the feeling that, that I have and the feeling that most professional journalists have about our profession. Our profession, we are made up of patriots that love this country. We are made up of people that are honest and that, that are a part of the democracy that we have. If, if you don't have journalists, who will call out when things are not right? Who will call out when people do things that they shouldn't be doing? And it's, it's always been easy to murder the message or murder the messenger from back in in, in, the, in old days. But it, it's we have such a passion for what we do. And we were being shamelessly portrayed as people who don't care about this country and who only care about themselves.
1: You know, I can relate. Being an attorney for the last 31 years, <laughs> you know, I mean, I get it. I get it that everybody hates attorneys until they need one, right? <laughs> right, right, and, right. And so right. we also are the ones who protect the Constitution that that Constitution has our First Amendment, which is freedom of the press. You know, our forefathers worked hard they wanted to have freedom of the press and i i remember going to the museum um which is in washington dc if you've ever been there and there was there's one wall that is just filled with pictures of murdered journalists because they were doing things in all of you know from different countries they were Really, quote the enemy of that government because they were exposing things, and I'm, we're talking about really incredible journalists who gave literally lost their lives for exposing the truth. And so, you know, my vision or my view of journalists is thank God for the real journalists out there. And when I hear that journalists are the enemies of this government. It just reminds me of the dictatorships that have killed journalists, you know, all over the world. So I'm with you. <laughs> I, you know, this is well, why I wanted to get you on the show, because to me, freedom of the press is really part of our freedom and liberty in this country.
0: Right? Well, there was a reason, there was a reason that our founding fathers, made the first amendment for speech. Right. You know, everybody talks about the second amendment and and that's been politicized so much.
1: Yeah, carrying a gun. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah, the first amendment is saying that you have, the journalists have the right to do what we do. Um, And and, uh, one thing that I do want to point out, and and because it, it always comes up, everybody has biases. I don't care who you are. You're going to be carrying baggage to your job. It's, you know, it comes to where you were born, what order you were born, whether you're the oldest, the middle or the youngest, whether you have parents. uh, There's even been studies show that the climate that you were brought up in can serve as, as, as a bias. Professional journalists understand this. There are ways that we work beyond the biases. Uh, To be honest with you, I've I've been in this business for the majority of my life, and I've never had anyone ever say that I slanted a story this way or that way. And so, yes, there are biases, but to suggest there's some kind of a conspiracy among journalists is so, it's, it's even beyond the pale to even talk about because the majority of newsrooms that I've been in, number one, we couldn't even agree on where we wanted to go out to lunch that day. <laughs> uh, right. And and, and you, you, the, the business is so competitive. Uh, I, I don't want to use the word cutthroat, but yes, at times it is. And it's so competitive that there's no way that people are going to organize to slant a story this way or that way. And it's so unfortunate that things have become through a lot of different reasons that journalists are looked at like, oh my gosh, you're a journalist. So you're going to report the story this way, or you're going to do this or slant it that way. It just simply does not happen.
1: No, no. And. And when you have a really good, I I remember during the Watergate hearings, and I remember the Washington Post, you know, there was that movie about it, but I remember living through that because I had recently graduated college. I was young, working, uh, I was a teacher at that time, a high school teacher, and I just remember in the summer watching the Watergate hearings and then reading the Washington Post, and it, I was saying to myself at that you know young age how how glad I was to live in a country that this could be exposed and it wasn't you know any kind of corruption or whatever was not hidden and that we could you know reveal that so people could know what's going on and so I you know i I find that it is very disconcerting what's been happening in our country where they're saying you know a, a, get rid of the freedom of the press or the media is biased or it's fake news.
0: So well, and, and what, what, what is also very interesting, if you go back to the days of Watergate, right. the, it, it, it is chilling to hear the same kind of verbiage right. that was coming out of the Nixon White House that is being perpetrated right now about the media. Right, uh, it, it is. It's truly chilling. It, it's almost like they they have a script, and they've gone back, and they are saying. Spokespeople are saying the very similar type things that was coming out of the uh, Nixonian uh, White House at that time,
1: right? And it's really
0: disturbing.
1: Well, if you don't want the truth to be revealed, or if you don't want any kind of criticism, you know. Um, you're in the wrong job in government. You know, it's supposed, we're supposed to have open government. And, you know, I mean, any president or anyone who's in government should know that when they put themselves out there like that, that there's going to be people who love them. And there's going to be people who disagree with them. And there's going to be people who don't like them. And, you know, they that's part of the, The the process, that's part of a democracy, is to have all those perspectives be out there. And the journalists have a right to say what's really going on and do their investigation and do their research. But without people like you, you know, we'd be in real trouble.
0: Well, I think what's even more chilling is whenever you have the leader of this country admit that he tells lies just to set people up. Yeah. just to set uh, uh, reporters up. Yeah. And then those lies are perpetrated. <laughs> and what, the, the, most, the most chilling thing is whenever the television cameras are there and the base of these, uh, these campaign stops, that are still, even though we don't have campaign now, but when that base is chanting, CNN sucks yeah. on camera, right? And right. it's it's. I mean, the first time I saw that, I was in fear of that reporter's life, right? And and we are seeing more and more. It's it's such an enabling thing. To to there there are T-shirts out there,
1: right? That have
0: journalists, uh, and and the, the captions are a journalist, a rope, some instructions needed. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's, that, that's, that is so beyond the pale. It's almost like saying, hey, look, we need to do this. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I, I firmly believe that journalism is as vital to our overall, overall security as what our military is. Because if you take away the truth and if you allow lies to perpetuate our, our very day in and day out existence, you might as well have, you know, it's, it's so beyond the pale to say, hey, look, this is their fault because they're, they're trying to do their job. It's, it's almost like what was going on with our military after Vietnam, that, you know, what it was the military's fault, even though it wasn't.
1: Right, right. You know what I saw, I, I was looking at the ranking of United States with press freedom, and I found this thing that said, from in 2018, the U.S. ranked 45th in the Reporters Without Borders Press Freedom Index, which means that, you know, we're, we're, we fell behind here with an increasing hostility to journalists and with all this rhetoric that you're talking about. And, you know, we we are really behind in terms of of the Western nations, but we're ahead of, you know, some uh, some of the Asian and the South American and the African and, of course, the Saudis and (laughs) we're there, but 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 not the Western, you know.
0: Right. Not the third world countries. I think that you can go back to 1986 Whenever the the freedom of information act was was basically repealed where you, you it, it opened up so much Oh, I don't want to use the word hate radio, but it, it, it opened up so much radio that had absolutely no You could get on the radio and say anything you wanted without any kind of percussion at all, except
1: the seven dirty words.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. right. (laughs) Like I I, I point, I point out in my book. I point out that in the the summer of 2017 when one of the hurricanes was was really building up in the Gulf. Some commentator, and I will not use his his name, actually told people. That local television stations were building up this hurricane because they want they their advertisers were Home Depot and places like that, and they wanted the people to get so frightened oh. that they would go out and buy generators. He literally said, "This is not going to be that bad." Oh my god! And it was so horrifying because people they just listened to him and in their own echo chambers, and they were really devastated because they were not prepared. They said, "Oh, you know what this guy told me this and he he he's the the voice of reason. He's he's the voice of, of truth and all that." Right. And it was a blatant lie. Right. And people bought into it and they've suffered because of it. That is what that that is so oh my gosh, it, it just it almost makes me nauseous. Yeah. Because people were actually suffering because of just listening to this. Right. And and people they they only It's that old Simon and Garfunkel song. A man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest.
1: Right. And we see that in politics, don't we? We see that all the time. And we see that in journalism. Let's talk about what what is fake news? You know, because we hear our president talking about fake news. Anytime that there's any criticism of him, it's considered fake news. So what is fake news?
0: And you just nailed it right there. Yeah. Anytime there's anything that is said that he doesn't like, that's where they put that little label on it that it is fake news. I right. had um, never heard of fake news before the 2016 campaign came around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the 40 journalists that I interviewed, they, they were so upset that <laughs> the majority of them likened it to an athlete using performance-enhancing drugs or corking a bat, mm. basically cheating. Right. Uh, that that it, it was so. I, it, it's so lame. Yeah. And and for those for those people who have perspective on on politics, it, it has become almost a joking matter. For those who are the base. Oh, absolutely. It is their rallying cry.
1: Right, right and, right.
0: and they use it like that. For professionals, it, 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 like I said, it's, it's, it's so lame that it doesn't even come into a, a conversation, a professional conversation
1: anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, when we think about the history of our country, why? Why in the world was it so important for Jefferson? And why was it so important for our forefathers? They knew how important it was to have criticism, to to, you know, to to have this freedom, this liberty. There is no liberty without freedom of the press. There just isn't. I, I,
0: I have a couple stories in the book that, that will fascinate some folks. Edward R. Murrow Who was? Oh, I remember him.
1: He with the cigarette sitting in front of that screen.
0: (laughs) That's right. Yeah, but he was also he brought World War II into radio sets throughout the United States way before the United States was involved with World War II. The night of December seventh, he was going to have dinner with FDR. Hmm. He shows up at midnight, and FDR tells him how devastating the news is. Murrow mm-hmm. sat on that story because of national security. Right, right. And, and very few people know knew that. But Edward R. Murrow was in the White House the night of December seventh, 1941. There, there are countless stories um, out in California with the Manson murders. It was a local ABC TV crew that actually figured out where the clothes were because they did some, some investigation that the LAPD did not do. And so the bloody clothes that were found in that ravine, which was like 25, 30 miles away from uh, Sharon Tate's house, a TV news crew found
1: them yep.
0: Yep. during the Cuban Missile Crisis. An ABC correspondent was the go-between between the White House and Russia. Bobby Kennedy set that up. There are just countless times of of people doing journalists taking care a patriotic taking care of this country in such a patriotic way.
1: Even Snowden, for, uh, even the the revelations by Snowden, you know that was very brave of the journalists who, who did that. And then there was an incredible uh, documentary that I saw that was actually, I saw it at the privacy conference. And, yeah, I mean, these are things that have to be revealed. They have to be well, revealed. you know,
0: you mentioned the movie The Post with Tom Hanks and, uh, yeah. uh, and um, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, right. The incredible, the incredible courage it took for them Right. to post Daniel Ellsberg's psychiatrist papers right. and then the Pentagon Papers. Right. That, that's, not, that's not, it's not easily done. Right. You're putting your career on the line. And, and she was putting the entire newspaper on the line that her husband had owned. And the, the courage and the patriotism that these people have is just remarkable. Besides being in combat, I mean, people don't understand. We lost almost 80 journalists during Vietnam. Yes, yeah. Guys that were just, they that were were, reporting. just doing their job. Right. Yes. And, yep. and they were doing it not for any other reason other than the fact it was important. and It was important for this country. And again, I, I hate to <laughs> beat a dead horse, but to say that these people are the enemy of this country is just so beyond the pale. Because this is the direct opposite. Yeah. There's no one that, that cares more about the truth than these people do. And again, I, I, I did interviewed 40 people, and they covered everything. They covered things from Three Mile Island to the Murrow uh, bombing. Earthquakes. Right. right. I mean, I was the lead spokesperson. Even though I wasn't a journalist, I was a federal employee. But I, it was my job to get the news out after the Columbia uh, shuttle disaster whenever when it came apart uh, right. coming back into uh the earth and and there is such a feeling of pride and patriotism that we have. and that's that's really that that, that that was really the 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 reason that the book was was conceived and written
1: well i think that's beautiful what do you think about social media we got everybody and their brother is uh reporting news or fake news or sharing and sharing things that aren't even true. I where do what is this? What's going on with that?
0: Well, the, the the way that I kind of in the research for for the book that I did, social media is like a smorgasbord of information.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: I I mean if you think about it, when we were in college, we didn't have Google. We had libraries. Right. right. <laughs> well with with the internet all of a sudden it, it is a, a such a incredible ocean of information right but the problem is people only go it, it's it's like going to this largest smorgasbord where you have the most exotic foods and the best foods that you've never tasted and all you do is keep going back to that to that buffet and you eat peanut butter jelly sandwiches <laughs> because that's all you want. I mean, that's that, that's what you're comfortable with. That's that's where the term echo chamber comes in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it's like having it's having the, the greatest wine list in the world, and you drink Boone's Farm. It, it is, and and. I mean people that, don't yeah. know
1: how to discern what's true. You know, I go to I go to the Post or I go to the New York Times or I go that's what I look at because I don't want to believe what all these things are saying. If, if I if I'm looking at an article, I'm looking at the Los Angeles Times, the New York Times, the New York Post, I'm looking for those those articles to know the truth. But I don't think you most really people helped- do that.
0: No, and you bring up a perfect point. Uh, I read five newspapers a day, and I'm retired now, so I'm able to watch uh, CNN and and CBS. I get multiple, multiple sources for anything. And and yes, I do. I'm on Facebook, and I take a look at Facebook, and I'll see something there that's so bizarre. Just like the the dead brothel uh, owner from Nevada that was uh, voted in—
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, governor or something. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so so you see something that bizarre and you say, wait a second, this can't be right. It's right. got to be
0: some kind of a rumor. Right. So, but people, it's not only using multiple sources of, of the news, they only want one source because they think that that one source is going to tell them what they want to hear. Right. And that's that's like one of Fox the biggest News. Problems. Like
1: someone will only go to Fox News instead of go to Fox News and CNN and kind of discern for yourself like what it is. And then go and look at a credible newspaper like you know, like the Washington Post or yeah, something like you that. You have
0: to do that because it's just like any journalist. If you're if you're doing any kind of investigative piece, you're not gonna go and just do it with one source. Right. You're gonna have multiple sources because a professional journalist always always wants to attribute away from himself or herself that you never be it's always police say this report says so and so says that's why you interview people right because it's not your it's not your words all you do you're doing is just reporting what other people have said and you want to give their report. yeah
1: and you want to give their credibility on you know they're a scientist or whatever they are you want to give their credibility they're a university professor at harvard you know give some credibility to what they're saying as well so and, and to, yeah. today we
0: or oh, i i was just going to say today anybody with a personality can get behind a a radio mic right. or get on cable tv if they're entertaining and they're going to bring in ratings, and they can say anything they want to say.
1: Right, right. And they could be a demagogue, right? Just a demagogue. Oh,
0: sure. Yeah. Sure. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's dangerous. Um, you know, I <laughs> I take a look at what was happening in Germany in the 1930s.
1: Pretty scary. And it is
0: so, oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, yellow so journalism, scary. right? That, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it's not only that, but it's just, it's not, it's dividing us against them.
1: Propaganda making, against, yeah, against each other.
0: Well, and it's very similar uh, because what this administration is doing with people who are coming up south is very similar to what the Nazis did with the Jewish people. Yeah. It's, it's separating them. It's us against them. It's making them seem less human. And it's very frightening, it's very frightening to me
1: and we're seeing anti-Semitism now. We're seeing you know where where the other oh, people in the synagogue were killed and we're seeing, just hate you know and we saw where the black church was uh, there was the active shooter in the black church so yeah i mean this is the kind of stuff that we have to transform but we only have like 30 seconds left so i want you to give the name of your book again and your website and we're going to have to do it again this it goes so quick right
0: oh oh i would love to do this you're, you're you've asked very fair and very probing questions the, uh, the book is Murdering the Message, How Real Journalists Cope with Fake News. And the website is the same, murderingthemessage.com.
1: Well, thank you so much, Carl. You've been just, uh, you know, very enlightening for us. And thank God for you guys. Uh, Carl Suckman, we will have you back again. And thank you for all you do. And thank you for all the journalists out there.
0: Well, Thanks so much. I'd okay. be happy to do it.
1: Okay. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at privacypiracy.org. Thanks. Stay private.